This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care. As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're easy. Even when you're a woo 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 Welcome back to the Woo Wooverse, season two, honey. Hey. It's all new woo. Uh, it's the same old, young, old, whatever, presenters, and a whole world out there, a whole wide world of woo that we are going to be exploring this season. I am Kiralee. And I'm Lynette. And we are energy workers, we're channels, and we are your guides to all things woo. And if season one was all about the internal journey, then season two is about how to take these internal realignments out into the external world. And baby, baby, there's a wild <laughs> world out there. Yeah, we need to do some deep diving. We need to go into those concepts and really explore the woo, I think. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, we love we love <laughs> a bit of exploring the woo. And like, Elle, okay, so here we are. We're five months into 2020. It's only February. <laughs> it's been a big, it's been a big start. <sighs> it's been big. How are you doing? How was your energetic shift from 2019 to 2020? Yeah, look, the shock of the new. Mm. It, you know, and... I talk to many people about this who've been working in energy for a long time. We've been writing blogs and nattering about this change for a long time. So it shouldn't be shocking. But the way it's come through, the velocity, the awakening and general human consciousness, yeah. Mm. I have to say there are a few nights there that I had to take some deep breaths and go and sit sit out there and sort of work it out. It's been it has been more dramatic than I expected. Hasn't it just in the changeover? My guides, I was feeling very energized and I kept wanting to like go and do things and like really yeah. plan things and like get a lot of work done. And they kept pulling me back and being yeah. like, you need to relax, you need to chill, like ground it down. And I'm like, no, because I don't always listen to them. I was like, no, I don't want to. I've got to do party season. Yeah. And yeah. all the stuff with the Australian bushfires yeah. happened and it all. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's why yeah. I need to be grounded right now because that hit me like a ton of bricks. So I've had so many children around me because it had been the summer break over that period of time and everyone was just confused as to what was going on in the television. My mm-hmm. children were pulling out their stuffed toys and making animal hospitals in our living room because they were trying to integrate, I think, what was going on, how mm. big it was to watch their world change, you know, even though we weren't completely in it. It was um, a confronting moment to realise that something bigger than us was guiding the journey. Yeah, and I was like, it was really weird for me because I'm not in it. I was not on the front lines. I'm not personally affected by the fires. I am overseas. I've been watching. I was in Bali in the rainy season watching oh, it all yeah. go down but feeling the energy of it and feeling it on such a deep level. And that's part of the way things go now, isn't it? Because we are all so connected and we all, it's like, even if you're not there on the front lines, you still experience it on a really visceral level because you see the footage, you yeah. um, you hear the stories all in mm. real time. Mm. And psychically, I was getting the dreams and I could hear animals and it was just happen all night. 
in my dreaming space. Mm. One of my younger mm. children was having that experience as well. So we would have to get up and hop in a big blanket and kind of work that through. So I know yeah. lots of people were writing to me saying that they were having those kind of experiences. I also think that it was an experience where we were in awe of the amount of energy and love that was coming in at the same time. So people were trying to get to each other and we were seeing these two things happen at once and that was amazing. But equally just watching that, it also opens your heart even more, watching humanity kind of yes. reach out to each other. And step up. And mm -hmm. so like we're here to talk about change in this episode because timely. Uh, yeah. And so there was that, you know, changing into 2020, the bushfires was a big thing that happened. It was so traumatic and difficult. And then Meghan Markle just stormed in and changed the definition of princess from lady stuck in a tower to lady who comes in and blows the whole shit up and sets herself free. So then there was that change happening on the other end of the spectrum. We've got Megxit, we've got Brad and Jen. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So let's kind of step back because this all makes a lot of sense when we're looking at it from an energetic lens or a, even an astrological lens. What happens is that we have moved astrological ages. So we're starting a full new cycle again. And that's all defined by where our little axis is tilting. And it used to be in what we call the age of Pisces, which was all about, you know, what you're learning and what you're connected to in a very horizontal, hierarchical understanding. Right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. what you and I grew up with, basically, all the truths, you know, the way the world works, A plus B the equals C, don't question it. If you're royal, you're royal, you'll always be royal. That's the way you are, those things have been operating at high volume. We've been breaking them down over the last 20 to 50 years. But what's happened now, and even on the Chinese zodiac, we've entered a new cycle, which is the year of the rat, which starts the whole hey. cycle again, is that we've started to say, no, we're in the age of Aquarius, which is completely different energy. It's kind of like getting an invitation to the Met Ball and knowing what the theme is, you know, and I think the theme Didn't last we all year get, was I'll camp. finally get our Met Ball invitation oh, this God, year because I'm going lost. with Billy Porter and whoever dresses him, I'm going to ask to dress me. That's my plan for the Age of Aquarius. <laughs> oh, my God. Can, have we just worked out the theme for the Met Ball? If Anna Winter is listening, she can. Or at least like the theme for what we're going to be dressing for for all our podcast recordings. Age of Aquarius. Oh, my God. I'd have to get my outfit ready. That'd be so exciting. So we've got a theme. And the theme is the age of Aquarius. Now, we've been singing about it for a long time, since the 60s, but it's actually really only implementing through our structural change now. So Harry and Meghan really came in and went, uh, we're not even going to ask permission. We're actually yeah, going to put do. it out there and just make everyone work around it. Sus exit, baby. Sus exit. I don't know. If you can, and this is where our work comes in, I don't know if you can ever really divorce your family. I've certainly had those experiences with people I've worked with and they've gone, oh, that didn't work so well. So it will be interesting to see whether the rational change that has to come through after it is going to be as easy as what it may have first looked. And that's going to be the whole change with this, I think, is that it's not as easy as it first looked. Yeah, I feel really positive by that 
Because I think you can always, any situation that's bullshit, any situation where they're not treating you right, any situation where you're not comfortable, yeah, you can leave. Like, yes, it might be really hard afterwards, but yeah, you can always leave. And Megan showed us that you can always just walk out that door. And he has to choose his current wife and his family, absolutely. But he has connection to his brother and his journey. And I think having worked with so many people and done this myself, you end up coming back and realising that there is peace to be made on some level, whether that's a reconciliation of relationship mm. or not. But it, it to me it was like playing that out in full force. You know, it has to happen. He was almost standing up and saying in front of the world, I won't let it happen to my wife. I won't let this happen, yeah. what happened what to happened my to mother my 20 years ago when we are in the age of Pisces yeah. and she couldn't speak and I'm going to speak for this and I'm going to change it. And we have that experience of watching that, but I, I still believe that, oh, change comes with, with a whole lot of progression and there's more to it always than you think when you well, walk Because this the time door. of year, we're now in February and everybody had a New Year's resolution and they're like, okay, so this year it's going to it's all going to be different. Everything, and I'm going to like level up and then here we are. And as a yoga teacher, you see this January yoga studios Chockers, so full. February, it's kind of like, yeah, it's tapering off a little bit. March, (laughs) deserted. So here we are at the end of February. This is the point where the rubber hits the road. You've either (laughs) stuck with your New Year's resolution or you haven't. What is the energy of New Year's resolutions? And how does that, like, does that tie into the bigger change of, like, the energy of, of the switch into a new astrological age? Well, I think what's interesting about this year is that the collective energy is dominating the individual Mm. energy. Whereas I think previously we've been really in ourselves and it's been about us and our trajectory and what the year was like for us. Whereas I think we didn't even get into the new year without something major happening on a collective level to go. To bring us all together. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that you want your own individual journey, but there's a collective thing going on here. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of people said, and you will have noticed it possibly on social media, where there was a real backlash. I'm not making resolutions. Mm. I'm going to be kind to myself. I don't need to do that. I'm not going to start, you know, feeling like I failed one month into the year, like you were describing it here. So there was a lot of lists of what I want to do more of, what I want to do less of. It was a gentler approach, I think coming into this year. I like that. Yeah, me too. I like that a lot. I really I found out the other day that you know how they, there's that saying that it takes 21 days to make a new habit? Yeah, yeah. It actually takes 66. We've been lied to. So anybody who <laughs> like you can't actually change everything in 21 days. You change is often incremental. You need a bit of time. Bigger so thing. that's why I think it's good to have that gentler. I'm going to like maybe if there's like a little change I want to make, but it's grounded in love and kindness and compassion and it's gentle rather than everything will be different. It'll be different. I'm changing everything. No. <laughs> oh, I, nope. you know what? None of my physical being operates or can work with that at all. Yeah, me neither. I have to do everything with so much. Hey, don't you think it'd be a great idea? Isn't there going to be so much benefit to yeah. doing things in a new way? The psychology I have to have with myself is phenomenal because every time I've ever pushed myself, it hasn't ended up in balance. The part inside of me that wants to keep balance is so strong at going, mm. we're not going to get anything by this tenacity in that is an imbalance. I think this is why it's so important that we talk about change as an energetic concept because 
We are changing on a collective level. We're absolutely going to change on an individual level. But the 2020 energy is asking us to do it completely differently. And there are some wisdoms that come from what we've learned about changing and what people have studied about change in the past that can make it easier. You can see that we are no longer in the push it, push it, push it 90s and thinking that's going to get us to where we want to go. Something's got to budge that makes it a lot more pleasant. People are over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it didn't work, so time for something new. Yeah. (laughs) How does change register in the energy system? Well, it depends if we're ready for it or not, right? Because there's a couple of different kinds of change, isn't there? There's the change you want and the change that's given to you. Yeah. And the change that's slow and the change that's like you just, like people who suffered in the fires. One day you've got a house and a life and then you don't. Yeah, God bless you. Mm. Changes that happen to us before we're ready are really about confronting that part of ourselves that's in shock you know like first of all we're going to go into shock yes and often the change is happening at a rate that we're not in management of so most of those changes start with trying to treat a shock or trying to get reset and regrounded in a reality that has shifted and that's where I think it's the most powerful to have some kind of mental and energetic practice where you're grounding in your body in present time, you're receiving the support, you're taking things very, very slowly. Because you, eventually what happens is there's a part of us that will kick in as to how to create or survive or move forward. But that shock is is really, really difficult. And then there's the change that we start to generate ourselves because we get irritated or we get confronted or something's not working or we're missing out on something. It's a little bit more like a snake shedding a skin where we get irritated and then we have to rub ourselves up against something and work out how we're going to get that all moving. What's that great? There's a really great Elizabeth Gilbert quote about that. It's like she didn't, she's never seen any profound and lasting change that's ever happened until somebody just got sick of their own bullshit. Yeah. And was like, yep, nope, this has to change. Yeah. Nope. I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've actually done that with sugar before. I've actually got to a point where I am so, I can feel how cranky I am eating sugar. Mm. And I think, good, good. I am so cranky. I am now, I've had enough of myself that tomorrow I am going to not even want to eat sugar. And so sometimes it's a really powerful thing. Rock bottom. The power of rock bottom. bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the shock and the change that comes that way, but then there is the change that we step into. Things change. People change. Hairstyles change. People can change. You can change. For many of us this year, the collective is going to push individual change. I think that's what's interesting about this year. You know, already my children are at school. People have been asked to stay at home if they've been traveling in areas of China and Hong Kong. We can't avoid the fact that there is something coming to us that we have to make alterations of awareness around. So we are being pushed 
by something bigger to make the change. It's not an internal thing. I feel like that was the dichotomy that for so long we were told about the science of climate change. We were told about the science of even just this idea that, no, the economy always has to grow and there always has to be exponential growth, Mm. but it's always was going to push up against the boundaries of the planet we live on. It was discussed, but we were like, no, but business as usual. That's the most important thing is that we have business as usual. And now we're finally, and it's in the name, climate change. The climate is forcing us to change. We cannot, there is no business as usual. And I feel like 2020 really came in with that hard. Awareness. It is coming in with big awareness. There is no longer business as usual. The most important thing now is change and Mm. change management and confronting change. And like you said, collectivizing for change, like doing this together. Yeah. And so we've got these two energies, haven't we? The individual Mm. response to change and a collective response to change. And we talk about this all the time, that there are people who live in all sorts of spectrums of understanding, backgrounds, experience, desire for change, awareness around change. So it is so complicated. I, I truly tell you, I sit on my back deck and ponder how on a frequency awareness level we're all going to get together to agree on the yeah, change because yeah. we saw this in the in the bushfires as well where it was all wonderful people are raising 50 million dollars and then there was the backlash around where the yeah. money was going and was it only yeah. going to new south wales or was it going to go to other states and i just sat there going no this is what human beings do when people come out to help i had a very brief tenure in when I was working at the ABC in change management and never again, <laughs> like my life's calling is to work with people who want to change, who step forward. I'll support you. I'm there for you. Like, yes. let's go. Oh my God. Institutional change in a work environment. That was the worst eight months of my life. Like that was horrible. Again, cause the spectrum is massive. Oh, massive. And the prayer to people who work on that level and frontline every single day who are trying to get things in education to change or watching the political climate at this point on our in our world where you are working for the the human rights is I just oh bless you you know may everything come to you that you need because our world is getting to a point where we are you know, as as we've always talked about, there will be a tipping point in the environment on a, a human rights level around resources, around space, around all sorts of things, and we can't ignore it anymore. Yet, isn't it funny? But as human beings, we'll try. We'll try just to hold it off as long as we well, can. There's this funny thing as being a human being in that we think that we can have some control because we want to feel safe, we want to have control, So we think, okay, like if there's things I can control, then I'm safe. But the real cosmic joke is that the only constant is change. change. It's all all there is. It's constantly going to change. And in yoga, we talk about it as being the energy of Shiva. Mm. So Shiva is the god of destruction, but Mm. that's also new beginnings. So Mm. Shiva comes and he does his dance and just flattens everything, which from a Western point of view, when I first started – learning about this, I'm like, yeah, but that's destruction. That's not good. But yeah, that's the cycle because there's destruction and there's creation. And the whole kind of idea of yoga is that you learn to be equanimitous. So the change that you choose, that you worked for, that you want, the change that was thrust upon you and you don't want it. And what are you talking about? 
you try to acknowledge that energetically they're not that far apart from each other. Exactly, yeah. And you try to be equanimous and have the same open spirit to both of them. So much easier said than done. Oh, my God. Uh, someone once said to me, change is in an event. It's a psychological and spiritual experience. And yes. that really yes. helped me. And one of the things in my younger journey was that I had, I think I've said this before, two Torian parents you know, lots was going on in my life, but there were some things that didn't change and that really helped me and saved me. So I clung to that stability for a while until I realized that that was not helping. It was not evolving me. It was not encouraging me. And then the change from the outside and all my chakras and kundalini started going crazy and it was thrust upon me to the point I couldn't hold on to anything. But I will still say it's the best thing, as I've said before, that ever happened in terms of awakening and awareness. And you're right. It's the one thing I think that as you move forward in your spiritual journey, you have to see it as a a bit of a brownie badge to learn how to approach change and connect into change. How do you go with change? Now, I yeah. I really do see it from a spiritual perspective. Like when yeah. my sister-in-law was taken very yeah. abruptly and tragically, I was surprised not only how deep I could feel the, the visceral grief, but how I could equally hold the space of awareness that there, this was out of my control, this had to be the way it was meant to be, and that I had to move to an acceptance. And that's... 20 years yeah. of learning to accept that I am not in control, that I have to accept the higher law and the higher flow and I need to use all my power to work with it because that's when it shows me where to go. And change, I feel like, is something you can kind of train for. Like having a spiritual yes, practice, having like do you do the work in advance of like and letting go in yoga. It's like I've just been practicing for 15 years of letting go. Yeah. And you do, you go into training and then when the event, when the marathon turns up, you've got a better shot at it than if yeah. you'd never done anything. Like then if you had have just been holding on really tightly the entire time going, no, 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 nothing could ever change. No, 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 no. I think it is so worth talking about the fact that before I got to this point and, you know, many of us get to this point, if you're sitting out there and you are not at that point and change is scary and the thought of losing something you care about and love and are attached to is scary, yes. that is such a big time. I remember being in that place and if you had said to me that something was going to happen out of my control or someone wasn't going to be in my life or it wasn't going to go my way or, you know, a friendship was only going to last for a certain period of time, I would have either become controlling or yeah. I would have taken it out on myself or I would have lived in anxiety until I mm -hmm. got some reassurance that it was going to be the way I wanted it to be. Yeah. I can tell you now that being on the other side where you let go of it all and go, there's a plan, there is yep. some bigger vision, I can't go off path. If I just open to the flow of the massiveness of it, I will be guided and something will emerge through it. That is the relief. The relief is I'm not, I don't, not waiting for anything. I'm not holding yeah. on to anything. It's all, yep. it's all going to come the way it needs to. And I think yeah. what surprises you through that is that, there is actually an energy that you don't have to control that is holding it all up. 
Yeah, and that it's all coping mechanisms, right? Like mm, if you fear is, yeah. change and so the way that you deal with it is to shut it down or hold on tighter or push people away before they can leave you or whatever it is and it's working for you, like rock on, great. If yeah. that's like really then the yeah. change comes and like you're really doing well with it, excellent. It's still torturous because you're – you have to think so much. If it's not working for you, then find a new coping mechanism, right? Yeah. Like find a new yeah. coping mechanism, one that is about letting go and embracing and going with the flow rather than trying trying to yeah. shut it down. I always try to think of change as inevitable and joyful. Inevitable, yeah. yep, true, definitely. Joyful, had to work really hard at that one. Yeah. But that's my mantra, inevitable and joyful, inevitable and joyful. Gonna say it three times fast. Inevitable. inevitable. <laughs> I like to think of the cycle of the caterpillar because that's what really helped mm, me. Yep. When my therapist Joan told me that the caterpillar completely goes to goo, and there's Total a point mush. that if you open the chrysalis at that point, there is just it's just, just dissolved mush. into mush. Yeah. yeah, there's a name You're for amazing. it. I can't remember it right now. Mush, I think is <laughs> caterpillar mush. But that really helped me to know that from mush, something comes back and it starts to form and creates new structure and that was so mentally liberating to me because I actually visualize myself and I'm like I'm in the mush now but the structure will come. I really like that image of the caterpillar and the butterfly because it's a cycle Mm. right so cycles of change pendulum of change. Yeah it's a birth cycle and you see it in art movements, you see it in everything, like we go this way and then we come back this way. But to go through the process of actually creating something new or transforming or going through metamorphosis, it's not always comfortable. Rarely comfortable. (laughs) Uh, We went to a reindeer farm and I saw them having these massive antlers and they had all this stuff hanging off them. And I said to the woman, oh, wow, is that all the beautiful leaves that they collect, you know, walking through the forest? And she said, no, that's actually the fur from the antlers that they are rutting off, you know, against the trees. As they grow, it becomes so irritating that they get really feisty, as do snakes when they're shedding their skin, and they go up against each other and they go up against the tree and they shed off the fur around the antler and they keep them growing and at the end they just fall off. And I was like, wow. I I think when you look at nature, you realise we have on a human level said to ourselves, change should be easy, you know, I can buy my way through change. Could I just give you some money or take a pill? That would Mm. be amazing. And it just happened overnight. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a change that's stuck that's been like that. It's always been like two steps forward, one step back, pretty traumatic, a bit difficult, took me a while to encapsulate it, all fell on me like a piano out of fifth story window and then you're just picking up the pieces for a few years. I, I think it's worth talking about the fact that, you know, some people say that there is this amazing growth period after something traumatic or mm. um, post-traumatic growth where new value for life and new awareness of your strengths and power, yeah. new vision. My dad was talking about this. He has such an interesting perspective um, being a botanist and being an apiarist, you know, he watched the world as it burned in our country and he witnessed his fellow apiarists lose their beehives because a lot of the bees couldn't see um, the sun, couldn't get the energy from the sun because of the smoke, so they couldn't find their way to water. So These are my Patronus and it hurts my feelings so hard to hear talk about them all the time. There's a very deep connection to the beehive. Aww. And, you know, he was saying 
they have lived through cyclones and this is the third big fire like this that went through and he said watch the way the forest regrows because there are seeds that will have not been able to be released for a very long time and you can see that now people are sending pictures through of the new um, slugs that are coming up to feed the animals they're this fluorescent pink color there are flowers Hot coming slugs. out the side Never thought I'd say that Hot of the trees slugs I'm into it <laughs> They are. And so, you know, there will be a, a growth resurgence. And in fact, people are encouraging people to come and witness the flowers and things like that. Of course, there is always exceptions to the rule and the rainforests are the ones that suffer horrendously yeah. through this experience because they take millions of years to rejuvenate and and get going again. And it's the same for people. You know, you can look at a lot of experiences that people go through that are traumatic, whether it's abuse or neglect or shocking experience, health crisis. And some people will talk about this post-traumatic growth. And yet there are people who go through war and conflict, man-made trauma that seem to really experience a lifelong journey with that. And I, I want to acknowledge that. I, people talk about change and they glorify that it all ends in something good. But the people who are out there holding on to long-term effects of, you know, experiences of war and human-made tragedy, they tend to be holding a wound that needs to be honoured and needs to be nurtured. For a Absolutely. Long time. And I think it's really important, you're right, to acknowledge that change it's it it's not yeah, it's not always like and then I woke up the next day and I did I did yoga every day and then I had a ripped six pack. It's not like that's it's like not. change it can yeah. yeah, it's not. It's not. It can be something really horrible happened to me and yeah. I lived with it for the rest of my life and I survived it, but it changed who I yeah. am. Yeah, and I'm and yeah. I'm okay, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't I, w I wish it didn't happen. And I think our yeah, whole country yeah. went through that this year in Australia yeah. Day. So yeah. many people wanted to say, I'm sorry, I acknowledge there's a wound, it has not healed. Yeah. And yeah. so sometimes we have to be honourable that change is not go going to be easy. It's going to be a long-term process. And for some of us, there are scars there for the rest of our lives. And I think that's a little bit of the changing from there is like that that individual boots, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, yeah. get it together, yeah. suck it up, shut up, keep moving. Mm. That's a very masculine old idea of of negotiating change and negotiating your life. I think as we move into the age of Aquarius and we move into these new ways of being that are more collective, it can be a little bit more like I have time for your trauma. I have time for your grief. You do not need to suck it up. You can give it the space it needs and you can heal it. And that's, you don't have to pretend to heal it. The change can genuinely be healing it, however long that takes and however you need to do it. And that's where we're going to have to learn to make amends and we're going to have to really learn yes. to compromise. Yes. And acknowledge. There's that whole movement of morphological psychology, which is an amazing group of psychological theories about why we change, how we change. You know, it describes like states of transition. Like these are all studies. These are real things that people study, which is probably a bit connected to that you know, movement of change job that you had. I didn't have any of that training. Around how institutions and people change, which I'm all for as long as it's not about let's just get me people more productive and, you know, get them <laughs> slaves to their job. But it is an interesting theory in the fact that people have ways they change, types of people change in in quicker ways than others it has a lot to do with where you come from the way you were taught about change if you had stable attachments you're more likely to be 
risk taking and independent and take a few more blows than somebody that has been left feeling very vulnerable early and and so I think as we all develop a bigger understanding around this we'll get better at changing. I can't change where I'm from but I can change where I'm going. I think part of accepting change, part of, I don't want to say successfully negotiating change, but like getting your head around change and being able to be really soft with yourself in the process of change is embracing the idea of beginning again, that things are different now, Mm. that the trajectory you are on is not Mm. the trajectory you have changed to. Mm. You're allowed to be a beginner again and seeing beginnings as really precious times yeah. rather than setbacks. Yeah. And being able to understand the energy of beginning again. Yeah. So once we acknowledge that change has happened and mm-hmm. sometimes we go into numbness or disbelief yeah. or emotional trauma, some people even get excited, which is great because some things are exciting. We either will minimize it and go into shut off and denial. Or we go into an ecstatic kind of honeymoon phase around the fact that something new is coming, which is... Like the bring it on. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) the bring it on. That's great. There is this point where you realise maybe I have never been here before. I don't have the roadmap. So we start to get uncertain and confused and a bit depressed. But this is where a good energy practice comes in because I love the void as a place to teach about because the void is actually where you've got soil that's fertile but you can't see what's coming yet. But it doesn't mean that there isn't going to be something magic there. My children the other day came home from school and one of their teachers said she was teaching them about the word yet. I don't know how to do that yet. And she said, I'm really encouraging this as an understanding that there is potential. That's I great. And the teaching of that growth mindset that there's something more, we don't know yet, we don't know how to do it yet, but I'm discovering and I'm open. The beginner's mindset is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing. We don't give it much credit because we want to skip to the bit where we're already professionals and we're amazing and we look really good doing it. Nobody kind of wants to suck at anything, but sucking at something is the first step in being good at something. Yeah. And again, I, the, in yoga classes, the beginners, beginners in yoga classes are the best. And in the end, the beginners and the advanced practitioners, they're kind of the same. They've got the same enthusiasm, the same excitement for simple things. They, they're in the groove. It's yeah. the intermediate people that are a bit of a shit, actually, because they tend to think they're a bit better than they are or like they want to like they've like in a different trip so true but beginners beginners mindset is gorgeous yeah and that phase if you've hit that I don't know where I'm going I'm a bit confused and maybe oh my god I'm a bit depressed that it didn't work out and you've worked through some acceptance and letting go but you're still not sure what's going on if you don't have that beginner's mindset, you'll probably go into a bit of a quitting mentality, yeah, like a stagnation. Yeah. Yeah. But if you go into the beginner's mindset, which is based in the language that we use of the enchanted inner child, and this is where it gets so delicious, if you have an understanding of curiosity and discovery and you can go back and reclaim and reparent that part of yourself that maybe always didn't get what they wanted for Christmas or it wasn't always joyful and easygoing in your childhood, but you can make a decision that in my life I am going to be open, I'm going to remain curious, I'm going to be a person that knows that energy is flowing for me, I'm going to bring in the alignment that I need to feel good. 
builds a confidence that transformation and possibility is there for for you and that's where i find people get stumbled if you don't have that level of capacity or enchantment we have to often do work around that first because i think embracing uncertainty is a superpower being able to sit comfortably and i don't know comfortably in i haven't figured it out yet comfortably in this is not going as i would yeah. like it to go it's, but i'm gonna like get in the zen of it anyway yeah. and i channeled this for a, a client recently who came through and was like no i need answers i've been in the uncertainty for too long yeah. this is ridiculous <laughs> give me the answers Love like it. write me yeah. the list and the guides were just what did they no. say they said there are times <laughs> for clarity and times for uncertainty Mm. And this is a time of uncertainty and it's the stage that you're in and the period that you're in and you can't skip over it and you can't skip through it. It's important. Don't think that where you are is not important because it is the most important thing. And the clarity will come, but you can only get there by sitting in the uncertainty. And they wait. Okay. The interesting thing is that the people that are most enchanted with the concept of they don't know where life is going, they're sure it's going to be something amazing, you know, they work with what's put in front of them. Even if it does get difficult, they're going to give it their best shot. They'll give it the red hot go. They don't see things not working as personal. They go, what am yes. I learning from this? What's the ma- benefit of this? What's the magic of this? Those people tend to get all the answers. Yeah. The People that are asking that question, they're stuck in a fear. They're they're stuck in that it's not going to work out for me. I'm going to miss out. They see it as an exchange of some kind of entitlement or righteousness. It's feeding into their inner child. In the beginning, I used to talk through that. And now as as an older clairvoyant, I will say what you said and said there there's nothing you can do that is going to push me to give you that answer because it won't benefit you you would mess it up if I gave you the answer or they will give it to you and this is where your work is your work is where this rock is that is like stark your problem is your solution Mm. and I think also if it's not all super clear yet Everything is possible. Then there's endless possibilities. As soon as you make a decision, you narrow it down to one possibility, then there's one path, which, okay, great, that's wonderful. But prior to that, anything was possible. And that's what change does for us, especially the change that is given to us. Yeah. We may not like it. It may be incredibly difficult, but it does bust down some doors, push down some walls, open up It's evolution. It's transformation. Mm. We can't evolve if we don't change. We'd stay mm. the same. I have an amazing friend who is very resilient. That's how I'd describe her. Her father knew she was very, very clever and very good at a lot of things. He used to put her in situations where she was deliberately not the leader of the group, not able to pick it up like that. And at the time, she she actually took it pretty well. But at the time, she would have found that like odd because she was always capable. It taught her though that when things don't go away, just to keep going, just to keep opening, keep to keep on giving. And you look at the people that inspire us in our community, they are the people who despite having something happen to their body or um, experiencing some difficulty or pain or struggle, go to find the seed that's going to carry on. So there's not an extended crisis because if we don't do that, what we do end up in is some kind of extended crisis or repetition of the original wound. And I would say a lot of those people 
it's not despite what's happened to them, it's because of what's happened to them that they mm. go on to have the amazing power to show us the way because yeah. they've gained the wisdom, they've done the work, they've, yeah, they've ascended. Yeah. They've and ascended. Then they show us they how have. we could do the same. Yeah. How do you deal with uncertainty? So much better now. Definite mm. like control issues. You know me. That's probably not going to be a massive surprise. We're human. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definite control issues when I was younger, especially down to I was anorexic in my teenage, mm. year, teenage and early 20s. And that was my ultimate nothing can change. I need control. This is all, there's all this scary stuff happening outside of me. So I'll just try and control some stuff inside of me. And so that's why I can't bully myself into anything anymore because it's all just in the voice of my eating disorder and that was shit and I'm not going back there. Um, Yeah. So now I have developed, now I'm about to turn 40 um, and I, at this stage of my life has developed a life where I constantly change. I live in a suitcase. I don't mm. have a home. For the last two and a half years, I've You're slept at least every month in a different different yeah. room and sometimes every week, every night in a different room. So I, yeah, I would like to think, and I'm going to touch wood as I say this because the universe will test me on it. I like to think I'm good with change. I like to think that I can go with the flow. Not to say that I'm like, woohoo, every time, yeah. but I'm much better at picking myself up and going, all right. Like what you said, I don't take it personally anymore. Yeah. Recently just had all these plans fall through. I had two and a half months worth of plans that I thought I had that, guess what? I don't have. So mm. now I really don't know what I'm doing next week. And a couple of years ago, that would have really shook me. And now I'm yeah. like, okay, all right, doors are yeah. closing, windows are opening. Yeah. I can get it. When I, I made that it. transition, I really noticed that when I sat with people who like to plan a lot of things, I was constantly looking really odd to them because I'm like, I'm really going to have to wait. I'm really going to have to think about it because... I didn't want to lock things in that I knew might shift or change. What is it, like making plans is the way to make God laugh? (laughs) Yeah, 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 it's true. I think how we're going to deal with collective uncertainty is going to be very interesting on our planet as well coming up. Yes, absolutely. And that seems to be the zeitgeist, change and accepting change, embracing uncertainty and I don't know if it's learning resilience or practicing resilience yeah. in order to move through what it is we are going to have to move through. And often when we go into change, we feel the pain so personal and deeply mm. that we can go into a bit of that victim consciousness that if some, does somebody else's pain equal our pain, what about... Am I even allowed to have my pain? Yes, is your pain more worthy than my yeah. pain? You know, what if people only want to help the animals yeah. and not the yeah. humans? I think we're entering a time that more than ever we're going to have to stop and breathe and look at is what I'm doing helping change it's the anniversary of the um, earthquake in Haiti and so much went in to help those people but there were consequences from that change that we learned a lot from that were not always positive for the people that were left in the experience. And throughout the years of learning how to help people in humanitarian crisis, those people who work on the front lines have learned that to help people sometimes it's not just best to keep throwing and throwing and throwing energy and things at people because it breeds a sense of disempowerment. And and so I think that as a human culture we are going to go through a massive awakening around this topic that we've chosen to begin the yep. year with. Yeah, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about 
how on a personal level, maybe we start, mm. we negotiate change and some tools and techniques we can use for embracing change, accepting change, practicing for change. They talk about it like it's a metamorphosis story. You need to see it as a story and the way you're working through your story and that really it will own, pass. Like understanding it's a story as well mm. and knowing that you get to write it, you get yep. to write the ending, you, it's your experience, nobody can take it away from you and it's what you think of it that matters. Yeah, and I think the most powerful thing to do is literally to write it down or to journal about it so you can feel and see it or talk about it with somebody because that has incredible cathartic effects and I think then what we come back to is usually how is the littlest, most fragile, vulnerable, you know, childhood part of us coping with what is happening? What does it mean to that part? So I like to ask myself, you know, what's going on here? You know, what does the lowest part of me think is happening here? Because sometimes it's, you know, I'm no, 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 no. It's a really victim state of yeah, consciousness. Yeah, I'm being picked on. Why is yeah. this being done to me? And what am I doing here? What 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 am I contributing? What am I not doing? What am I what am I feeling? That's the part I like to stay with for a bit. What are the options for change going forward? And am I ready for those yet? Because it's okay to say, you know what? I know I'm going to need to move house. I just got told that my lease is not going to be renewed, and I need to move my house. But I'm not ready to think about it yet. In a week's time, I'm going to have a look for some other option. Yep. And how do I get ready? Am I frightened? What are my fears? How can I move with those fears? Are they something I can change or tackle or process? And what is my first step going to be? I love first to start step, with yeah. just a first step. And sometimes, what is that saying? You know, do what you have where you are. Oh, yeah. With... Use what you have, start where you are, do what you can. Yep. I really start yep. there. I think it is important to process the feelings if you've got a moment in time. I've worked with lots of people who are in shocking experiences and they will say, I'm feeling all these things, but I'm going numb. I will say to them, right now, there's so many big decisions you need to make that possibly there's not room for that feeling in its entirety, let's make yep. the decision and then let's process the feeling. Yeah. I'm a big fan of breathing. And again, there's all different kinds of changes that can happen. Yeah. So get into the breath as soon as you can, once you as get the news you that you've can. been fired or whatever it is. And, yeah. but not Clear just on that shot. day, like take the five minutes to like really get in and breathe, but then make that your practice every day for the entire process. If it takes you five years to integrate yes. what's happened, get some time breathing every single day in that five years, just yeah. to give yourself some space in your head, some space in your body to carve your uh, nervous system down and yeah. to really like support yourself. And again, the breath is the one thing you've always got with you. You never forget it. It's always yeah. available. I work on the mantra, when you lose, don't lose the lesson. Yeah. What's the benefit here? Yeah. Yeah. Like what can I like, okay, I didn't choose this. Maybe this freaking sucks. I'm not into mm. it. But what, like, what's the nugget of wisdom that is buried in here? Like if I have mm. to go through all this shit, what's the nugget of wisdom that's in here that I can find? What can I take? that will benefit me from this, even if it was really difficult. I love a mantra because I'm a yogi. Yes. So let go. 
yeah. let go is my mantra. Inhale, yeah. let, exhale, go. And like as a, just as a way of like when it's all happening around me, like fine, let it go, let it go. When the anxiety is coming up or the emotions coming up and it's really big, let it go, let it go. And that's my go-to for managing change is making space for my emotions. And again, yeah. if I have to do it every single day and be like, all right, here's my grief. God, I did this yeah. so much when my grandmother died. Yeah. Just every day for so every long. Day. I was like, here's, here's mm-hmm. my grief. And I'm on the bus and I'm crying mm-hmm. in public mm. and people are looking at me, but here is my grief. I won't, the only way out is through Yeah. and I will go through it. Like I can't, I'm not going to try and skip around this. I loved her too much to pretend that it hasn't hurt me that she's died. Here is my grief. Here is my grief. Thank you for the tissue stranger. Here is my grief. Yeah. I had a period of my life before I fully recognized I had been sexually abused as a child. So my life looked one way and mm. the reality was one way. And then I had to cope and change with the fact that my life wasn't always the way I thought it was and I had a new reality. And like you, every single day I had to come to terms with that change, to feel it. I It would change. The emotions would change. Some days it was anger. Some days it was grief. Some days it was terror that I was never going to move past the point it was. And eventually... Um, giving myself that space, I'd find that I couldn't stay in that emotion as long and something would build and the structures would come back. I think that daily practice that we always talk about is a go-to because during that phase that kept me like an anchor in my body. I would get up, I would move, I would go, I would sit, I would meditate, I would pray, I would secure my energy, I would hold an intention. It may have just been you know, to guide me through the day in a balanced way. But I'd always find that my day was stronger and clearer and would move forward if I did that. So and that's something, that's that's something so I come back to. Because that's something you did for yourself as well. Yeah. That, that's an anchor that you built for yourself. I had Regardless to. of what was mm. going on around you, you had the ability to put that anchor down every single day. I think that is part of negotiating change is what can you keep that's consistent? And it's yeah. always your internal practice. It's always something that you build for yourself that you take with you. And maybe it's not every day. Maybe you can't like get there every day, but you can build an anchor that is inside of you that can hold you. And with my traveling, it's the same. It's my yoga mat. I'm always moving around, but I always have that yoga mat mat on me and I put it down and I get on it every day and it doesn't matter where I am. I'm in the same place every day. I am here, here I am. And from there, I really find that it reaching out or, you know, trying to open a door to somebody who has been there before or uh, may be able to guide you. Lizzo talked about this recently at the Grammys. She talked about, you know, it wouldn't have happened if I didn't reach out to this person and this person. And and I thought, wow, that reach out message is really powerful and holds a space for people. I think one thing that climate change is just showing us again and again and again is our future is shared. We are in this together. There is no longer you and me, us and yeah. them, not even like yeah. rich and poor, whatever, like everyone's going to get and affected by this. And it's not a competition. And it's not a competition. So it's we a, need we to come together. Win. We have yeah. to reach out. The only way we'll yeah. get through all of it, what is coming individually and collectively is, is together. And the good news is that the age of Aquarius is that the power is lateral. So we're right on And time. that growth is massively accelerated through human and spiritual consciousness. So as long as we're even nutting it out from these perspectives, giving it our damn best shot, we're heading in the right direction. We've and that makes me feel really happy. <laughs> me too. It feels a bit like this whole age of Aquarius is an ascension process that we're going through. 
Yeah, it is. And it's only sometimes if you look back in history that you can realise these changes and revolutions, tipping points are happening. To be to be really like concise about it, we start to become more sensitive, we start to become more aware, we start to feel that there's something inside of us that's driving for a different life. People have talked to me about saying, I can't spend my time like that anymore. I don't want to go to the office every day and be clamped down. We start to feel more connected to plants and animals. We start to want to fuel our world on different frequencies and different energies, we definitely want to um, come back to something that is more internal, I think, than being fed from the external world. The ascension process is, is very interesting. You can start by getting hungry for things. You can start by feeling like you just want to shut off from people for a little bit and need to reboot yourself. It's real and I know lots of people write to me about it all the time Um, and the way through it is to start that grounding daily practice. Go back to the earth, go back to yourself, get the meditation and the breathing happening. It really is the cornerstone of understanding that level of awakening. And then you work through the chakras the way we did in the last series where you start entering through the gates of perception, as you call them, into all the different awarenesses and start to reclaim yourself from a new perspective, which is really So fun. if you haven't listened to all of season one of yeah. The Woo of Earth <laughs> yet, you know homework. what your homework is. We put it all there for you. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, all right. So change. What are our takeaways? It's inevitable. So <laughs> there's that. You can do it. You've got this one. Um, you're allowed to figure it out by fucking it up. That's one of the good things about change. You're allowed to be a beginner. Yeah, that it is a natural process. Yeah. Change is a natural process. It, birthing is yeah. a natural process. Shedding yep. is a natural process. Evolving is a natural process. What is difficult and creates suffering is the resistance to the change. I think also we've got to acknowledge that some change is incredibly traumatic for the human yes. psyche and yes. there are scars and wounds that need healing and true, true tending. And you get to do it in your own time. It's your timeline. You get to write your story. You get to write the ending. You get to own it. Nobody can take it away from you. I think that, that every change that we experience adds an awareness into us and we get to create a re-understanding of the trauma into how it was about our growth or how it is about our newness that is trying to take mm. us forward. And butterflies are made from caterpillar mush. So you might be the caterpillar <laughs> mush at the moment, but don't worry, eventually you could be a butterfly. Good news, everyone. <laughs> hey, we're starting a new thing at the uh, for season two of the Wooverse. At the end of every episode, mm. we want to talk about what the world needs now. There's a lot of doom and gloom and like we're in it. We're working through it. But there's a lot of light as well and there's a lot of positivity and it's not like it's not Pollyanna-ish. It's not like everything's going to be fine, but no. there are some beautiful things happening out there. There is a lot of connection and a lot of people caring for each other. And we want to end every episode connecting into that frequency. I love, love, love what, what your contribution to what the world needs now. What the world needs now more of is I think my thing for the month was Billie Eilish. Aww. I completely have a spiritual crush on Billie Eilish. <laughs> I, she is everything I love about the Harry Potter generation that's coming through. She is truthful and real and vulnerable and aware and inspired. 
you know, her brother Phineas and her have had a very strong and sacred contract relationship together. They created amazing music. She won. She's the youngest person to win several categories of the Grammys. But her story is one of parental awareness as well where she is neurotypical she has Tourette's and she has come out and said I don't want to be known as the person who has Tourette's and then did all this amazing stuff but she has also owned it and said yeah that's part of my journey and I just think that from a parent's perspective as well just trusting in our youth that there's something magic cooking inside of them and that if we kind of support them they're going to deliver something to us that we just do not have a fathom of yet. Mm. I think that they are holding something very, very special that needs to be loved and nurtured. Music is medicine. It It's transcendent. Yes. She's made a sound yes. that nobody has yeah. heard before and is moved by. All right. Mine is an interesting one um, for to be promoting on a podcast, but here we go. Books. Books. Yes. Books are my books what the world the needs now. Yeah. Books. Because I was a really voracious reader as a kid and then all through my 20s and like early 30s as well. And then I got into podcasts yeah. and just really kind of switched over actually. And just, and again, I travel, I spend a lot of time on the road and by myself. And so it's nice to have somebody chatting to me. So I always have podcasts on. And just a few months ago, I sat down to read a book and realized I couldn't anymore, that my attention span was totally jacked by technology mm. and I needed to train myself up again and now disappearing into a book for a couple of hours a day. I did it when I was six. Mm. I'm now doing it again and I love it. I love it. And I'm and trashy books. I'm reading some books I've read, but not trashy, but classic. Like I'm going back and reading books I've read before and I'm enjoying. It's like going back to an old friend if your old friend is Dracula, and um, I'm enjoying it. And the books are so powerful, Kirillie. You make a great point. I'm really into books at the moment as well. I want more time to read in 2020. What yeah. the world needs now is more art and us getting to participate in art. Yeah. Indeed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Woo Woo-verse. We love you, Woo Woo crew. You we are the you. best. Support you. We support you. You can come and find us on Instagram, Woo Woo-verse on Instagram. You can come and find our website, wooverse.com. And you can you can always feel free to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It helps us spread the love and helps new people find the podcast. And we are all about this whole squad vibrating higher. That's why we're here mm. and we appreciate your support Lynette you lovely lady yeah look at you 2020 you're shining bring it in (laughs) support you and uh, I'll catch you you next week ciao thank you so much for listening to our podcast the Verse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer Dan Zivkovic we love him and if this conversation has brought up anything for you or if there's any extra work you've realised you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the Wooverse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you. <laughs>